Stranger Coffee Podcast brought to you by American Soul Media. Today's guest is Emmy Barker, and now let's get to the show. This is like the first time I've recorded on here, so... I've been trying to figure it out since you mentioned it. I was like, no, I've never even looked at this stuff before. So people clip things and make them into social media content. So I was like, I hope he actually records because I'll probably yeah. I might clip some stuff off of it too. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So how's things going? What's new? A lot is new. <laughs> so, um, I guess a little background is I finished. Back in December, I posted a lot of that. A lot of people saw that. Yeah. And then I got into life insurance. Wasn't something I actually saw myself doing. Mm-hmm. I just had networked and connected with people the entire year. I was working on my MBA. Yeah. I, it was um, a vehicle for me to be most successful. Mm-hmm. So I, I went through so many interviews, and I would always tell the person that interviewed me, I said, it's not a matter of if I will be successful. It's a matter of who's going to make me the most successful and provide those resources for me. Yeah. So I felt like the West Agency and American Income was that group of people. And as you can see, it's kind of starting to pay off. I mean, yeah. I mean, eight months later, people are like, uh, what are you doing now? What's going on? I'm like, I'm in Charlotte. I'm down here um, building a territory for our company. Um, yeah. Really- working with our policyholders and building up an office of people that have similar mindsets to me and mm-hmm. working um, to achieve those goals that we want within our company. Oh, okay. So how long have you been working there again? Yeah. So I've been with um, the West agency since January. I started January um, 3rd, actually the oh, day wow. the office opened. So I <laughs> took my, Licensing's um, like um, course for my health and life insurance. The mm-hmm. day I MBA, took my test January 30th in Cincinnati. I had a car packed and <laughs> I spent New Year's in Louisville and I just moved there. So, oh, really? Wow. A few months, I slowly um, moved all my stuff to Louisville. But yeah, January 3rd is when I started. So, nine months. You still living in Louisville or are you splitting time between there and Charlotte? Yeah, so um, I've completely moved out of Louisville. I'm primarily in Charlotte. I will go back and work in Louisville pretty often. Yeah. Um, it's actually probably going to happen the next week or so. So. Oh, okay. Sweet. So I can work wherever I want. So it's really nice. I can travel. Oh, okay. That's good. I mean, it's good right now while you're still really young, traveling, seeing different parts of the country. Yeah. That was a big reason I took this job is because I wanted flexibility to do what I wanted, see my family, and see my booth. That kind of had a little bit of everything in it. So. Oh, okay. It's cool you're living in Louisville. Go Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I didn't like Louisville as much as I thought I would. Oh, really? Yeah. Going, you know, living in Mount Vernon, going to Pikeville, to Louisville, to Charlotte now. <laughs> Each of them have the good and bad, and yeah. actually the the bottom. <laughs> Sadly, I hate to kind of <laughs> go cat. 
cats anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I usually go through Louisville a lot when I go to New Albany, Indiana. <laughs> I got a friend lives up there, so we're both big Louisville fans. And stuff, so. Our office was actually across the bridge in New Albany. So Oh, really? Yeah, I took the Yellow Bridge every day. So. Yeah. You've probably seen uh, my friend around that area a lot because he, he's born and raised there. <laughs> It's a good city. Um, the only thing for me, Louisville was like, it was dirty and being yeah. my own, um, like genuinely, it was like dirty. Like it was. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with still like recovering from COVID, the pre yeah. um, everything with that time phase, and it's still uh, there's a lot of rebuilding. Like you'll still see a lot of buildings downtown have the boards on them. Yeah, um, so it's just. It's just kind of part of that phase of coming back through COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's slowly starting to get back into the swing of things again. Yeah. Back to normalcy, as people like to call it. Um, Going back to your college days starting out, how has it been a college athlete? Um, Being a college athlete was something that built my character a lot of who I am it was also one of the hardest things to find a balance in who you are and yeah. your time and classes. Um, it's a full-time job. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's the hardest thing I've ever done, um, but it, it is a difficult task just because you have to really understand the expectations of your team, your school, and yourself. Yeah. Um, crap, what was I going to say? What was it like, um, like your day to day as a college athlete? Like, how did your day start? So it always started really early. I'm a morning person, and I've actually that's a, that's been the best thing for me transitioning from a, a student athlete, to a student to yeah. adult is waking up early and getting stuff done. Yeah. So my day-to-day was different all four years because I slowly transitioned into different roles. Being mm-hmm. um, like playing softball. So I try to avoid taking classes super early because I know different periods of the school year are going to require different um, practice times. So yeah. off-season, you're going to be waking up a lot earlier. Post-season, it's a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Um, so... Usually I would wake up and I would have some type of practice. You're always either doing two days, um, sometimes three days even, and you're going into class and then you're going to practice and then either going to games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, you're always meeting new people. Um, the best part I think about being a student athlete is having a community. Yeah. And being able to do your day to day with those people because. Mm-hmm there's a difference in your friends in college and high school because you're in a whole new phase of life and it's understanding like who you're trying to become because to me I think a lot of people have the wrong intentions of going to school to be an athlete and like playing sports in college yeah a lot of people go to college to play sports and it needs to be the opposite you need to play sports to go to college yeah. that's not because it paid for my college it was a scholarship yeah uh, so I treated it like a job, and, and every day it was my priority. Um, the first thing is a student. The 
second thing is an athlete. So next would be going to class and everything like that. Yeah. I say you wanted to avoid them uh, early classes in case you got back late from a game and have to be up super early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're going to miss a lot of class being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say in four and a half years, I've maybe missed less than 10 class, less than 10. I want to say less than five. <laughs> if I wanted to skip and being an athlete, you're going to miss, I miss over 50% of my yeah. class. I also always saw a decline in my GPA hmm. during season based on the amount of classes I missed. Yeah. Uh, it's really included in your day-to-day. It's not only time, but communicating with like what you need uh, from your, your professors and from your coaches yeah. for, for practice, for your sport, or your class. Yeah, mm-hmm. The work doesn't have to be put in no matter what. Oh, yeah. Were y'all a NCA or not NCA, NAI D1? Um, yeah, NAI D1. Not a lot of people know the difference in NAI and NCAA. Um, I didn't even know NAI existed. <laughs> and I realized how much more opportunity allows for people like myself. Um, yeah. Truthfully, being 100% transparent, I'm an average athlete. I'm not any type of like Sarah Hammond, D1. <laughs> Generate a player like I was just average at softball. Yeah, how to um, use that skill and apply it to an adult phase of life and get my college paid for. Yeah, so I mean, there's some of them NAIA athletes who can surprise you too. Some of them really good. Yeah, it's really a lot of it is in the men's basketball scene because yeah. of where they come from and the transfers that come into the NAI pool. Mm-hmm. It's it is very competitive still and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. Uh how'd y'all do at UPAC for your softball? So um we were like half and half. Um we probably were like four or five in um uh I don't know what am I think thinking conference. Our yeah. conference very heavy. Um, Lindsay Wilson being number one. One of my good friends, Taylor Slade, she fished for them and they were crazy. They went to World Series every year with NAI. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were average. Yeah. Nothing. Y'all were that Mid South conference, wouldn't you? Yeah, Mid South, that includes U Pike, um, Lindsay Wilson, uh, Cumberland's Kentucky, Cumberland's Tennessee. Georgetown. Georgetown. Um, there, it always changes. So there's people would know. So yeah, yeah, I know some NIA conferences are always changing. There's new teams coming in and out. Uh, teams are also going from NCAA to NAI, so yeah. it's always changing. It's different every year. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Did you play volleyball in college? Did you play in high school? No. How is that going from a sport you never played in high school to playing it at college level? So, um, I think a lot of people should understand kind of the level of athletics on a female's standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to like really using it as something to pay for your college. Yeah. And I was actually really unhappy with playing softball in college and I wanted to find an, 
I wanted to change my situation and I didn't want to leave Pikeville because I was a sophomore in college. That means I've already went to school half the time. Yeah. I only have two more years left. I knew I knew I could do it. And I didn't want to trade or tra- or transfer to a, a different school because of it being a private school and all mm. my kids not being able to transfer. Yeah, so that's I, always a bummer. My money, my time. So, being in athletics, I always talk to different coaches, just always introduce myself, and I wanted to be really involved in athletics. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my my coach was athletic director, and we had a a period where we um, changed athletic directors, and I saw a lot of gaps. Anytime there's something new that starts, you can see like. Hey, we need help starting this, getting it going. I was yeah. always like, step up and do that. And so a lot of people understood I wasn't very happy playing softball. And I took more of a student assistant role into volleyball instead of being a player. Mm-hmm. And so I got more of a, a scholarship for being a like like a student assistant. So yeah. I drove the bands to our games and um helped with like stats and stuff like that i did play a little bit but it was it was really hard honestly because <laughs> you're you just you don't feel as athletic the older you get i'll be honest <laughs> average <laughs> athletic person <laughs> i understand that i'm in my 30s now it's starting yeah. to get a lot harder it was fun um it was different though it was it was a different group of people a different group of girls a whole new sport I'm really thankful for it, though. So. Yeah. I didn't realize how fast volleyball was till I watched it at college. Like, it's a super fast sport. Yeah, and so a part of my job was taking stats for all these teams. When oh, I was- wow. I learned how to stat for volleyball, softball, baseball, soccer, football, <laughs> for literally all the sports. Yeah. And- Volleyball it was the hardest out of all of them. And what you're doing is you're calling every time the ball's touched by somebody, you have to call it. And what action was taken with it. So if they oh. yeah, if they pass it, if they set it, or if they hit it, and then you have to figure out on the other side of the net what happened as well. So oh. yeah. wow. <laughs> it's a lot to it. Yeah, that that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I just throw the clipboard say, so I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> I, um, I spent a whole weekend actually doing that in um, Bowling Green. We start, Mid-South always starts off the um, season with like a preseason showcase. Mm-hmm. And that, an entire volleyball tournament, and it was, it was 12, 13 hours of just one, two, three, over, five, oh. six over kill <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah. and i did six games it was a lot so yeah. yeah forever forever i thought you played us it was amy barker playing college volleyball so i don't remember her playing with hope <laughs> so many people were confused about that and it like like i said it goes back to finding a solution for the problem i had yeah playing in college and finishing it so mm-hmm. yeah what made you choose UPAC? Yeah, so it all came down to money. Um, mm. Whenever I went to that, um, the recruiting process, I did not understand it fully. 
Um, my mom went to community college. She had two associate's degrees. My sister had already went to college, um, but she didn't do the athletic side of anything. And I was actually really behind on the recruiting process. So I didn't mm. start until the summer of my junior year, so going into my senior year. Okay. Most people have either committed their look, they, they know what they're going to do or they've already signed. I was at zero. I had no coaches. I had no schools. And um, I only looked at smaller schools in state because I was so behind in the recruiting process. And I wanted to stay in state because of scholarships. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stay close to my family. So it came down to being uh, my family's from all from Eastern Kentucky. So um, Ashland, um, Louisa, Pikeville, Paintsville, all in that area. It was money and moving back closer to my family. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if, like, you had family down there that you chose UPAC because that is a long ways away, Pikeville is. Yeah, it is. It's about three hours, and it's people don't realize it's just straight to the mountains. Um, Pikeville really put the best offer. I couldn't say no to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, had went to probably six or seven other schools, received offers from about three or four of them, and every other school was paying anywhere between – like fifteen to twenty thousand a year still, which was a little, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, and Pikeville, um, really just—I mean, they gave me it was zero at the end of it, and mm. I just couldn't pass it up. So when you see yeah. that goose at the end of your contract, you can't help but sign. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd sign too. <laughs> <laughs> Who all offered you? Yeah, so I was really looking at um, Asbury and University of Cumberland and KCU. Asbury was my second school. For me, I didn't like the the structure of the school. It's um, very, like, you can't wear, like, running shorts to class. They had a strict, um, like, lockdown at night. No, Mm. no. Yes, it was just way too much for me. I was like, I always want to wear shorts to class, and I'm about to go to college, and they're going to tell me I can't. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Cumberland's because I like to be different. There's a lot of people at the time going to Cumberland's, and I actually had a coach that coached there at the time. I didn't want to really um, – I just wanted something new and mm-hmm. different. Cumberland's wasn't even as – I just really like Pikeville and the opportunity to kind of go do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the mountains are really big in Pikeville down there. Yeah. I, I always say you're just sitting on top of them all day long. And that's something like people don't realize there's not sunsets out there. Sunsets. No. <laughs> it's probably dark there right now because the mountains are just like right here. <laughs> I remember playing a baseball tournament at, I think it was Pikeville High School. It's like a football field and baseball field together. And there's mountains all around us. We can never tell when it was getting dark or anything like that. It was crazy. Yeah, it's it's it, it's wild. So it's a different place, but I definitely would call it home. Awesome. Uh, was it a culture shock going from Little Mount Vernon to Pikeville? The funny part is, is um, – at the time, it was. I'm more in a culture shock now, mm-hmm. coming from um, Kentucky in general to Charlotte. 
But at the time, yes, I was in a huge culture shock. Um, I actually remember the very first day that I got to Pikeville. I moved in. I was going to be starting the next day. I watched my friends pull away, and I just fell to my knees, and I cried so hard. And oh, I, wow. He just, like, hit me. I was like, I'm here by myself. I can't do it. I'm scared. Like, I don't even see myself graduating. Like, I just felt so unprepared mentally and so stressed. Mm. Um, as time went on, I told myself I was going to give myself a full year in Pikeville. And in that year, it went from me absolutely hating everything about it, so sad and so alone, to never wanting to leave. And then you saw, you know, a few more years later, graduated and couldn't, wouldn't have changed anything. Oh, yeah. I understand that. Like, at first you get there, you're scared to death, and then something you never regret. (laughs) First year, you're scared to death. The second year, you're like, okay, I like college. I kind of know what I'm doing now. Third year, you really understand how to study. You have these great friends. Um, you love being away from home. And then your fourth year, like, this is the last of it. <laughs> and then you just look back. And it's starting to really hit me now that, like, I'll see, like, I'll, I'll pass a lot of colleges driving. Or I've, I know people still in college. I'm like, wow. I wish my biggest worry was the biology test I had. <laughs> but I think um adult life is even more fun so yeah yeah it can and can't be at the same time yeah. i like to appreciate the seasons of life i'm in i feel like i really enjoy every aspect of college and i pulled every single single second i could out of it yeah that's good uh hmm. what um where do you want to see your career go yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so when I first started college, I'm just going to kind of go back to where I thought it was going and to where it is now. So mm-hmm. I started college um, going into the medical field. COVID hit my junior year. And like everyone else, everyone kind of panicked, didn't know what was going on. And I found it as a perfect time to really push to go to, med- to the medical field. If I didn't get in, then I was going to just try something else. That was the exact scenario that happened. Um, I didn't. I got waitlisted for a program for me to go to a physician assistant program at Marshall, mm-hmm. and um, I actually lost all my scholarships the semester, my last semester because I had already um, gotten all my credits to graduate, and they wouldn't pay for me to just like take copay classes. And like we've actually never had this. Most people need more time instead yeah. of like you needing more classes and more money to just stay. Um, and so I really transitioned from healthcare to, to business when COVID hit. Hmm. Um, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I emphasized my MBA in healthcare management. And I had really wanted to get to financial services and taught not, I didn't even want to get an insurance at this point. I wanted to be a financial advisor. Um, so I kept working on my MBA. And then I met these people that were in, in life insurance. Um, my grandfather had taken out life insurance policies for us. And I was like, wow, if he understands like the concept of it and purchased it. I know he doesn't buy a lot. and He's very smart. So what is this really about? And so 
I found a there's a semi behind me. Like genuinely about to hit me. But so I saw my career going from healthcare to business. Now I'm in insurance, and I didn't think I would have the opportunity to to, to build what I'm starting to build right now. Mm-hmm. And what that is, that I see my career going with the West Agency to become a leader in our company, build up our territory, and create more people with like minds like myself and work ethic. Yeah. So, um. Really, just becoming number one agency within American Income. Okay. I'm curious if like your company you're with, is it like a self-motivated, like you make what you make because of yourself or your work ethic? Is that how it is? Yeah. So we are 1099 employees <clears throat> and um, it is self-motivated for every, for everything. Like what you make is what you earn. Mm-hmm. Um, and what my job is to do is, do you know how people are worried about either paying for funerals, leaving enough money for their family and things like that. My job is to sit down with people and help them to understand their benefits they have with their life insurance. Um, Mm -hmm. Primarily what I do now, um, I do work with like cancer policies, accidental policies, but Mm -hmm. um, my target market is also primarily unions. I do, I handle all the insurance benefits for people in labor unions. Um, they're working unions. So a lot of people don't realize like who's in a union and who's not in a union and like the yeah. history of unions. Um, and so I just, I just need a lot of insurance benefits. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Are you wanting to continue on this career in life insurance or? Yeah. So I see people <clears throat> to make a, I'm going to be transparent with this. I see this vehicle to make a lot of money in life insurance. And I want mm-hmm. to get back to Eastern Kentucky. The way that I want to get back to Eastern Kentucky is still in the works. I'm still developing that. And a lot of it has to do with how do I bring more jobs to Eastern Kentucky? And, and not just Pikeville and Mount Vernon, but as a whole. And so I'm really applying what I'm learning with this job to wherever I'm going to, wherever I'm going to be, because this job, as I build my book of business and I have more policies on the books, it's going to continually pay me because people yeah. continue to premiums. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, I'm curious to see how this goes with you and how, I hope it works out. I mean, seeing yeah. more industry and jobs come to this area and all of Eastern Kentucky is a good thing. Yeah. I also want to get into real estate. Um, I think everyone's kind of <laughs> wanting to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really tying it all together with insurance, social media, real estate. Um, I try to make every part of me, like, like my core really just comes out and be genuine in what I do and like how my worlds align with what I do at the job. So yeah. I feel like the job I have now does that and it provides a substantial amount of income. Mm-hmm. that's cool you're in life insurance and stuff because i just started talking to people about it and stuff like i realize i'm not getting any younger and all that so i've been talking to a few people about it and um working on policies and stuff and things like that kind of wish you were a financial coach because i always need help with finances <laughs> i know that's something that i'm really wanting to get into um there is 
I have some family history. Like I can really share a lot of value with people. Um, how I went from, you know, come from a single parent, understanding mm. how top finances are as a single parent, going through the college process of recruiting and now being in life insurance. And I think that's all going to come back into play eventually. And that's something I would love to do is not only just like work with people and bring jobs and their life insurance, but just educate people as a whole if it's college, life insurance, whatever that is. And mm-hmm. so I'm also trying to build that within my social media. So you don't have to, like, you don't have to, you know, schedule a one-on-one call with me and pay me X, Y, Z dollars. Like oh, I yeah. want to get as much free information as I can mm-hmm. for people to, to build value off of it. Yeah, because it's, amazing how bad people are with money and yeah. stuff and finances it is, it's it's hard it's a hard um hard thing to navigate so what's um your top i guess maybe three financial books you recommend people read um let's see so i'm not going to just focus on financial books i want to focus on all books because okay. I'm going to be honest, I don't always hone in just on finances. Um, for me, I think number one is going to be, I listen to a lot of audiobooks too. So I drive a lot. I don't have a lot to read. I, think, I understand that. Yeah. Number one is going to be um, Human Psychology. So this is by Joe Dispenza. And it talks about the way that we think is what happens in the world. So even like your success, your, how your health, um, your family, like what is already out, what you want in life is already out there. You have to do the things to go get it. Okay. And, um, so that's a really good book. The second, I'm just going to recommend the second one. It's just any book by Robert Green. Great author. Um, Robert I, Green. Trying to see if I got a pen <laughs> to write this down. What was it? I'm trying to see if I got a pen to write this down, but I can just go back and re-listen yeah, yeah. to it. I'll, I'll text it to you too, too. Okay. Um, but Robert Greene um, is a big guy about human psychology and understanding mm-hmm. operate. I wish I would have taken more psychology classes in school because that applies a lot to my job with communicating with people. Um, there's a lot of cues in this world that are not verbal. So yeah. Um, how people are standing off to you and that it applies back to my job because I am in sales and I don't want to trigger sales resistance. I want people to feel comfortable with me. Yeah. He's a really good author. And then, um, let's see, lastly, I'm going to have to cheat and go to audible real fast. Okay. (laughs) I'm a third one off the top of my head. Um, I think of all the other books I've, I've read recently too. Yeah, I've noticed like one of the biggest things in sales people talk about is getting people comfortable talking to them about any and everything, just through like their kids, their dogs, anything to put them at ease. And that's one thing I've always heard. Um, and then there's uh, my one of my favorite things to do is just go to Target and look at the book section, and they always have a great amount of books. Um, Another one is how to be a badass at making money. And it talks about really how money flows. It comes and goes. It's not always, I mean, we always want it to be constant, 
but it's not always pretty constant. Mm-hmm. So it talks about how to attract money um, in like kind of like personal finance and stuff. Um, so those, those would definitely be my top three. I have like a little bookshelf in my apartment. I try not to have too many because <laughs> things kind of move them all. They're really heavy. Books are heavy. Yeah. Uh, so I'll post it on my story and I'll, I'll tag you so you, so you can see it. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. That so will... at least the ones I have um, started to read, maybe not finished them all. So, oh, wait, I'm going to give you four. Give me four. Um, they can grow rich. That's like the most common mm. book of how to, your mindset, how to apply energy towards your success. Yeah, I've heard of that book. Super popular. Um, so yeah, I look, probably like one of my favorite ones that I've read is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, I've read that one too. That's a good one, but I want to definitely listen to your recommendations and read those. Yeah, I actually want to go back and read Rich Dad Poor Dad again because I think you can always just absorb so much information, but if you don't apply it it's useless. I can take all the notes I want. Like I kind of look back at college and like I apply this stuff to colleges. We take so many classes as college students. I had a, it takes like 120 something um, credits to graduate, but a lot of people just don't use any of that knowledge. And I haven't used the bulk knowledge that I absorbed my freshman year of chemistry one so that I don't use that today. (laughs) Um, it's, It's really kind of a mindset of like, how do I apply what I've learned to what I'm doing? Even if it's business, biology, kids, family, church, whatever it may be. Yeah. You can over and not apply anything. Yeah. (laughs) I can, uh, I overthink a lot of times. (laughs) Don't apply anything. Um, I know lately you've been posting tips and a lot of how to help, um, for people wanting to accumulate the least amount of debt for college. I know some of the people that listen to me on here don't follow you on social media. So what's some of your top recommendations? Yeah, so um, for me, I had no clue how I was going to go to college, um, how I was going to pay for it. My sister was two years older than me, and she graduated four years ahead of me. She was super smart. She skipped the grade, all this stuff. Um, for my family financially, we had a, a pretty good conversation. It was like, we're not going to be able to send you to like a four year, like UK, like you going to sorority was not an option. Didn't have that option. So mm-hmm. I spoke to my coaches in high school and they were like, how, like, do you plan to play a sport? I was like, no, I'm not that good. And they're like, but do you understand like you can still play? And I was like, no, not really. So I think that it doesn't matter if you play sports or if you are in theater, if you like music, if you're good at helping people, if you can teach people like how to study and stuff like that, there are so many things in college, you know, like to make the higher education education system operate mm-hmm. that scholarships for things like that. And so I think that finding any type of skill and really developing that skill and advertising it as something to someone else yeah. is how college pay for. So by that, I mean, I started in athletics, but in four and a half years, I transitioned to um, an athletics director assistant, developing 
skills and my main skill was speaking and talking to people okay. some main skill you know might be writing it might be helping someone study it might be speaking like myself and so i think if you can help someone else solve their other their problems you mm-hmm. can get paid to do anything so apply that to college as well okay sweet good and i guess one other thing i would say is ask for more money there's it's it's just like someone it's just like the car dealership yeah. i think don't ask then you don't know and i always tell myself the worst someone can say is no that's yeah. it that's the worst anyone can ever say to me and yeah. for some people that is the worst thing someone can say knows mm-hmm. those and yeses people have to look at them if you say no to something you get to say yes to something else okay, okay. i like that <laughs> I know I was really reading your uh, college tips because I'm debating on going back to finish my degree. Thing is, I've paid off all my college debt already, and I'm trying to keep from going back in debt again. What skills do you feel like you would learn from college that you could learn from, like, YouTube? Or I've learned a lot more from YouTube than I did in any college room. Me too. I tell people I Pikeville and YouTube University. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the thing with me just finishing my degree, it looks better on a job application. Like, hey, I've got a bachelor's at EKU or whatever. Just, yeah. That's Mainly, I never stopped going to college and never gave up on like, just, I told myself I would stay in it as long as I could. Um, and it would be paid for. And yeah. Because I knew I would not be able to go back smoothly mm-hmm. yeah i mean once you stop going it's very hard to get back in and go <laughs> i've been out for i think six seven years now <laughs> i don't want to understand how to study like for me it was really easy for me to pass my health and life license um health and life insurance license exam because i just finished my mba and i knew exactly how to study and I knew how to um, allocate my time to things. And now I try to like, I'm always working on like my sales skills and like learning new tips and tricks and stuff like that and reading. And I'm like, this is hard. It's hard to learn. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it is true. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks because for I've been terrible at studying and stuff. It's going to be hard for me to relearn how to study. Yeah, and when you're, you got to get in a, in a, in a, a pattern, uh, not a, just, you got to develop, it's a skill to study, I think. It really is, because it's a, it's a mindset as well. Yeah, that's how Hope is. She's very determined on studying and stuff. That girl lives in a textbook. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I know switching away from, like, I guess career and school and stuff when you're not working and doing stuff like that what's some of your hobbies and interests that you're into like what makes emmy emmy yeah so me is waking up early i'm a morning person so mm-hmm. i find a lot of peace in getting up with the sun and just kind of relaxing and watching it and i like to hit the gym 
the gym is a peace of mind for me to, even when I was in college and stuff and like going to practice, like when I would go to practice, it was just like a time for me to not really think about work or what I had to get done. It was something to make me feel really good. So yeah. I go to the gym and I really find spending quality time with people enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I love spending time with my family. It's been the hardest thing. Um, watch my grandparents get older and not be close to my family, especially now that that really stinks. But even with like my friends, I want to have quality conversations. I want to understand like what makes somebody someone, um, how can I help them? So and engaging with people, I always say like networking, connecting, um, things like that so i'm just curious what is networking i hear the term a lot but what actually is it so to me networking is building a relationship and a contact with somebody okay um like for me if i was to network with somebody in like ne- let me just give you an example so like next next weekend we you'll see me post about a networking event with the west agency Now, what that means is that we gather together, we bring people that we've met either in person, online, and we talk about like what we do as a job and like why people should work with us. And um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a friendship, but it can be a friendship. Um, I think it's like a relationship to take you to a different opportunity or bring in new opportunities and things like that okay yeah so for me networking is meeting people in person um meeting people online if it's linkedin instagram facebook whatever it may be um, okay. different ways to network oh okay <laughs> i've seen uh where you posted at a it's a big outdoor gym is, is that in charlotte yeah, actually, that's at the YMCA in Charlotte, downtown. Okay, because I've seen, like, um, CrossFit athletes I follow, like, post videos and stuff there, and I was like, I've seen that many times. Uh, um, there is a, the YMCA here is really cool, and they have a CrossFit, yoga, barre studio, um, a rooftop track, and, like, yeah. what I have not lifted off of like plant fitness workout equipment in yeah. over here, which is like if if you're in like fitness, you understand that's like kind of a big deal if you're if you're just working out at Planet Fitness and not like slinging heavy weights. Oh yeah. So it actually feels really good to be back somewhere like that. And then um, the views are just really cool. Like I've never been able to do something like what I do now. Really. That's awesome because I've seen that many times. That so that place looks awesome to work at. It's all outdoor. That part is, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just like a really um, like turf area. They've got mm-hmm. all the classic like uh, machines, not machines, but like squat rack, bench, bench. Um, they've got bikes. Um, they've got a track. They've got free weights, um, medicine balls, everything. So okay, sweet. <laughs> it's- really cool i'm really glad i found it uh the worst part about moving is finding the things you need in life so like i need i need someone to do my hair i need to i even have to like even 
the big things now. It's like switch, switching my car insurance. I got to get new health insurance. Oh, That's yeah. So I'm glad that Jim has at least been found. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's one of the more important things. To <laughs> yeah. So it's good. I mean, I always recommend people work out because it's good mentally and physically and stuff. Because Did you know that every, like, for once you work out, you will feel happiness for 12 hours after you work out? Like, there's that shows that. And that's, I work out in the morning for that reason because I need an initial 12 hours of happiness <laughs> <laughs> to get through your work day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I mean, once. I work out and stuff, I feel a whole lot better. Like, I feel like stress is gone, everything's gone. Yep. Unless it's a really crappy workout, then I feel worse some days. But yeah. I can understand that. Um, but I always like, at least it, I did it. At least I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only bad workout's the one that you didn't do. Yeah, yeah, I agree to that. <laughs> but I will have to say thank you for agreeing to do this with me yep. this interview it's been awesome i'm going to try to edit this and i think i can share this with you on here or share you the whole interview or recording that sounds great thank you for having me um keep up with you and share all your content so this is fun sweet yeah i've recently posted some individual content with just me on there like one of them's like top five pet peeves I have in a gym setting. That one was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think on a personal, so I'll tell you a little bit, like kind of um, me building my, my personal brain and stuff. It's it's just being consistent, I think. And if you can be personal and consistent, then people are going to relate and share it and you'll get more more followers, more views. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to get on a schedule and stuff to stay consistent. Me too. And hard. I have a accountability partner to uh, make sure I'm posting what I do, and it's just hard. So I understand. <laughs> awesome, but thank you again for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stranger Topic Podcast. If you would like to hear more content, follow us on American Soul Media and go to our website at podpage.com slash strongedgercoffee.